welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hello, James. Hey, Scott. How are you? I'm good. Good. Uh, We got a listener question. Oh, then I'm doing good too. Should be fun. Should we roll right in? Let's roll right in. Okay. So this listener question is from uh, a listener. Thank you. Mm. We won't we won't give names, uh, but here's the kind of the the overview of what's going on here. So the the message that came in was um, I have a couple, husband and wife, who are seventy and sixty nine, both retired, and they're intending to downsize their home. Uh, they're debt free. Retirement assets are 1.7 million with 1.3 in a traditional IRA, 400,000 in a Roth IRA. Monthly income before taxes, social security and pensions is 7,500 a month. Good for you guys. Um, They have a new home cost estimated at 400,000. Expected home, uh, existing home will be sold after the new home's built, expected to sell for around 150,000. So how do we pay for the new home, cash or finance? Um, if cash, use traditional IRA or Roth. If finance, how much? Thanks. Looking forward to your reply. Well, um, what an awesome question to ask. Yes. Um, of course, we're going to answer. It depends a whole bunch of times because we can't actually give like one definitive answer over radio here. Or but you know what, Scott? This is better. Exactly. We have framework. We can op- options. So we Absolutely. Because there's so many things we don't know about this um, this couple. Yes. So. Yeah, but but great question. Thank you again for your question. Uh, we'd be happy to to answer it. And so, as Scott's mentioning, we don't know everything, and we'll kind of point out those things that we don't know, and, and that's helpful. Just because obviously, when you're making a decision, you want to make sure you're taking into account every bit of information. So we'll touch upon what that would be. But let's let's walk through a couple different options and see what would make most sense. Mm-hmm. And let's start by saying, what if you were to finance? You buy that new home, and what if you finance it? What if you buy that new home and you do? take a distribution from your IRA or what if you take it by the new home and you take a distribution from your Roth IRA? Just compare each scenario and see what makes most sense. Sounds good to me. Sound good? Yeah. Uh, let's start by assuming that you finance it. Mm-hmm. So you're purchasing a $400,000 home. Let's assume that you have the down payment of 20%. So 20% that's going to help you avoid mortgage insurance. It's kind of the standard down payment amount. So what that would look like is if you buy $400,000, we're going to make the assumption that you have $80,000 for a down payment. Now, that could come from the IRA. The Roth IRA could come from cash. That's something we don't know. How much yeah, do they have in cash? Exactly. Let's, let's just make that assumption. You have 80000 Well, if that's the case, if you finance it, you could finance it and assume you get 3% interest rate. Your monthly payment would be $1,350 per month. Mm-hmm. It doesn't include property taxes. doesn't include insurance. doesn't include maintenance. But your, your uh, principal interest payment would be $1,350 per month. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell us? Well, going back to the question... We know that just with Social Security and pensions, there's $7,500 per month coming in. Mm-hmm. So I think my first question is, is there excess in that $7,500? Is there margin there? You know, Do you have an extra $1,350 per month that could be used 
to pay that thirteen fifty per month mortgage payment. Agreed. You know, if if so, that's probably a really a, a really just elegant possibility right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Potentially look to finance it and be able to cover that mortgage payment just from current income. Yep. I'm- Agree. Disagree. Agree. I, I think, you know, we walked through this to begin with, and I think you just nailed all all the points um, that I would want to think through on the, on the front end. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that that's certainly an option. Now, what happens when they sell the old home? Mm-hmm. It's expected to sell for $150,000. This, this is where some of the mortgage provisions really come come into play. So right. Let's assume that you borrow $320,000 and you put $80,000 down, down payment. Um, you could just Use that hundred and fifty thousand and pay off the mortgage if that's what you do. Your payment doesn't doesn't change. Your payment stays the same, but you've taken a big chunk out of that mortgage. Potentially, a better option might be to ask to see if there's a recast provision. Mm-hmm. There, What's a recast provision? What a recast is is if I have a mortgage for three hundred and twenty thousand dollars, and if I pay one hundred and fifty thousand towards it, typically that all goes to principal and my payment stays the same. It just accelerates the payoff schedule. If there's a recast provision, though, what happens is the loan goes through a new amortization schedule. So it actually lowers my payment. So say I have a 30-year mortgage, I'm still on track to pay it down in 30 years, but my monthly payment has dropped to take into account the 150000 that was paid down towards the principal. Right. And because we're quick on our feet, um, if you did that with $150,000, your new mortgage payment, would your principal would be $170,000, which would make your monthly payment go from $1,350 to $716 right. a month. Right. So if they sold their home pretty quick and use that to recast their mortgage, well, going back to the question of does the pension and social security cover all of, is there enough margin for that $1,350? Mm-hmm. If not, well, in the secondary, the follow-up question is, well, is there enough for potentially that recast amount of what the mortgage would be? Yep. Which was how seven something? What'd you say it was? 716. 716. Yeah. yeah. So those are some initial thoughts. What else might they want to think of as they walk through this kind of first round of options? Mm-hmm. So, so far, we looked at buying the new home, selling the old home, and the two options so far that are there. Um, I think another thing to be mindful of is income now versus income two years from now. Um, just to be mindful of that, because once you reach um, the age where you have to start taking required minimum distributions, um, your your taxes could change a touch. So we we just looked at it pretty quickly. So again, broad brushstrokes here, but you know you have about ninety. There's about ninety thousand dollars in income through Social Security and pensions. Um, we did not run this on a tax analysis basis. We're just keeping it really simple and basically taking out the standard deduction plus being over age 65, we get some more. And that basically looks like you land probably in a 12% marginal tax bracket right now. Mm-hmm. But if we go take the 1.3 million of traditional IRAs and just make the assumption that you both hit 72 in the same year, um, you're going to have to start taking about $48,000 out of your uh, IRAs in that year. So it's going to bump you up into the 22nd uh, tax bracket. So we're going to move tax brackets in that uh, coming up. So one of the things you might want to think about is when you look at where you're going to take the funds is how would you take it and why? Well, for the next two years, you don't necessarily have to go run into, uh, you know, you can go take, take some funds into the next tax bracket where you're going to be in two years anyway, is one potential idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Take Potentially take some more out of your IRA up to the the max of that 12% marginal tax bracket. And we, and we don't know what state this listener's in, so we right. don't know what state tax brackets are. But could you take out enough to fully fill a 12% tax bracket 
which means there's less EB4 to take out down the road when you're in a 22% tax bracket or potentially even higher, depending on where things stand. So, okay. So, so that is one option. Anything else that you want to mention on that, that first run in of, of what it would look like if they finance any other? Uh, the only other thing for income and taxes, a lot of people, when you're, uh, when you're, you are retired, one of the things you may not be mindful of is your modified adjusted gross income on your, ta on your, um, taxes for previous years will be applied for what we call Medicare part B and Medicare part D, um, premiums. Right. And those are based off of a level of income. So for, um, I think it's for, it's usually two years looking back. So uh, I think the most recent data I have was the 2018 MAGI of 174,000 or less mm -hmm. uh, made it so that you were in the lowest uh, premium brackets. But just keep that in mind because one of the things you're asking here is like, do we just go take all these funds out right now to pay for the house with cash? Um, and if you did that with the IRAs, you'd bump up into higher tax brackets, but you'd also put yourself into higher Medicare Part B and Part D premiums. Yeah, exactly. And that, that kind of ties into, let's look at what if they paid for this whole thing with an IRA withdrawal? Mm -hmm. So they mentioned they've got $1.3 million in a traditional IRA and $400,000 in a Roth IRA. Let's just assume that you you took the $400,000 that it's going to cost from your traditional IRA to use as a down payment. Well, right off the bat, to get to $400,000, you're probably going to need to take closer to six hundred, dollars even $650,000. Because that's that's going to push you into the thirty five percent and possibly even thirty seven percent tax bracket at the federal level. Mm. Again, don't know what the state taxes would be because I'm not sure what state this is in. But right off the bat, your taxes are going to go from twelve percent, being in the twelve percent marginal tax bracket, up to being in the thirty five or thirty seven percent marginal tax bracket. Yeah. So it, it's there's going to be a big tax hit if you were to do that. But not not only that, um, what Scott's mentioning, the Irma surcharges or Medicare Part B and Part D premiums. Those would increase, not this year, but two years from now, because there's a two-year look back, by about $390 per month. Now, that wouldn't be forever, but for that year, that's an additional, what would that be, $4,500, almost $5,000 tax yeah. in excess Medicare premiums. Yeah. So taking all this money from your IRA, again, don't know the situation, probably not going to be fully advisable unless there's some other circumstances that we fully don't know, but I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing how that would be the best strategy to take all the money out from that. Yep. Um, unless you have other thoughts, Scott, but. No, I, I think that would be, that seems a bit, um, it seems a bit, you know, a bit crude in the planning side of things to go do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take out almost a, a third to 40% of your overall retirement portfolio or nest egg to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. Yes. There, you know, you bought the home in cash. You don't have to take out any loans, but it's not just costing you the cost of the mortgage of you know 3% or whatever that would be. It's costing you a significant amount in taxes and also Medicare premium surcharges a couple of years from today. Yeah. And like we're just, you think about it really simplistically for a minute. Um, you're going to start taking around 48, based on, we're just doing back the napkin numbers here, but around $48,000 a year pre-tax, you know, basic basically coming in uh, per year. If you don't need that right now at all, and you did get a mortgage, um, you know, one op potential solution would be you keep paying down the mortgage along the way yeah, with the, the excess income until you don't have it anymore. But totally. then you're paying it at lower tax rates versus going into a really high tax rate this year. Yeah. Which is kind of a combo approach of maybe finance it, but take enough out of your IRA each year to pay it down quicker and take out just enough to stay in your, your current tax bracket. Yeah. So that's one potential possibility. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. 
Um, you could also look at taking in everything out of your Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. Benefit is there's no, there's no taxes on the withdrawal. Doesn't impact how Social Security is taxed. It's not going to impact your Medicare premium surcharges going up in a couple years. So there's really no tax impact to you. But the downside is you're losing one of probably the best accounts that you're going to have to help prevent against just prevent against uh, tax exposure down the road. Right. So the Roth IRA is great. Everything that you put in there, that's never going to be taxed again. That helps with your income tax planning. It helps with social security planning. It helps with Medicare planning. And if you took everything out of the Roth IRA, well, you're you're taking 100% of that account. And I would hate to see that account be fully withdrawn as a down payment if there are other options. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So when I, said, I know we said we're not going to give specific recommendations, but I think feeling fairly strongly that a couple of these options may not be the most ideal, unless there's circumstances we're just not aware of. Yeah, I mean, it's always going to come down to what's the most beneficial for the client, right? So I, I think um, a couple of things, other things that come to mind when we start thinking through factors that would influence where you go with this is really looking at like, it comes back, uh, to me, it comes down to a few things. One is the 7500 a month that you have now. How does that land for you on a monthly basis and also paying your taxes? And like, are, are you do you have excess now? Because if you do... Then the question is, are you living in to the fulfilled life that you already desire? Are you doing the things now? Because you're young, you're in your 70s. And typically in, on the earlier side of retirement, we want to be doing more mm-hmm. than we probably end up doing later in retirement. It's just what you commonly see if you go, especially if you look back at the studies of how spending happens. So are you setting yourself up for success and doing the things that you want to do now? And then the third thing is, um, what do you all outside of your living, funding your own expenses, you know, um, maybe your own concerns, like we didn't even come up with things we think about, um, you know, do you have a long-term care policy already in place? Are these IRA assets going to be utilized for that? You know, kind of what, what's your, what's, what are the potential resiliency issues that you need to contend with? And then ultimately, what do you want these funds, if they're left over in your lifetime, where do you want them to go? Right. Because depending on where you want them to go will depend on, well, what should you use now to, right. to go ahead and do that? Do you want to add any more to that? No, I, th- I think that's uh, obviously understanding the big picture is crucial. If the big picture is I hate debt, I never want to have any debt, I don't have any children or heirs I need to pass this to, this is just for our financial security. And by the way, our 7,500 covers everything. Like that's a yeah. lot different than no, like this, we need these IRAs and Roth IRAs for potential long-term care expenses or for uh, other expenses in retirement. And we would love to be able to leave them to children or grandchildren or whatever it is. You're going to have two very different probably recommendations right? based upon what, what matters most to you. So right. I think that is important to consider. Absolutely. I mean, it ultimately comes down to just using those dollars in the best way to serve you and the, and the couple that you are. Um, through the lens of what's most important to you. Yeah. And that's really what it's all, all going to come down to. But we have some, we got some, str- some strategy ideas, some tactic ideas here. Yeah. But it really comes back down to that lens of what matters most to you. The other things we don't know is like, how risk averse are you as a couple? You right. know, what type of investment allocation do you have? What kind of a withdrawal rate do you want to sustain off of these portfolios? Like there's so many things to look at that you just can't get into off of a, a quick inquiry. Yeah, totally. I think risk tolerance is is a, a big one. Like, if you're okay with being, say, in a just a, a standard moderate portfolio for a retiree, well, you your portfolio will probably perform better than the three percent, which is the cost of a mortgage. We're just assuming three percent. Could be a little lower. Could be that. Could be anything. Yep. Um, but the more you're okay with being in a portfolio that's that will continue growing over time, 
the better off you're going to be to finance part of that mortgage, let your portfolio keep riding and use income and interest from your portfolio to pay the mortgage. Uh, if you're in a very conservative portfolio and say you're incredibly risk averse and you're all in short-term government bonds, mm-hmm. well, you're not going to outperform that 3%, at least not where interest rates stand today. No. So that's not necessarily the case to say pull out 400000 now to pay for the mortgage. But it could be a case to say maybe you pull out larger chunks each year to pay the mortgage down as fast as you can while still being mindful of the tax bracket that you're in so that you don't lose too much of your distribution t- to taxes. Yep. So understanding your risk tolerance is important. Um, one big thing we're not talking about here, we already mentioned, is, is just state taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, are you in Texas doing this? Or are you in California doing this? Mm-hmm. going to be very different just based on what your state tax bracket is. Mm-hmm. And then also, Scott mentioned this before, but what about required minimum distributions in the future? Yep. So when you turn 72, you're going to be required to start taking money out of your IRA. Do you get ahead of that a little bit by using it part of your balance today when tax brackets are lower for you, both because your income is lower and, and current tax brackets are scheduled to increase in a few years if nothing changes, could could change before that. Yep. Uh, but do you do some good tax planning and try to take out more when you're in a lower tax bracket? So. There are a lot of details to consider that aren't included here, but I think that kind of takes a high-level look at at each of the um, options here. Yeah, the, I think the only thing that we haven't touched upon that crossed my mind as well was, you know, if if you if your number one thing is we want to be in the house, the new house that we're in, but our number two priority is passing as much as we can onto the next generation. Well, then that looks at like, well, then how do you allocate assets and maybe try to go grow the Roth more and Mm -hmm. try to do things like that so that you can pass along tax-free assets to them in the future. And like, there's so many little nuances that go into this and it all comes down to what matters to the client right? to help come up with a solution. But I hope that our conversation here and thought process is helpful in thinking through potential options for you. Yeah, I hope so. So thank you very much for your question. If you're listening and you have a question, uh, we would love to answer it. So go ahead and submit that. But Scott, do you have anything else to to add to this? That's it. All right. Well, submit your questions. Leave us a review if you're enjoying the show. We'll see you all next week. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.